find, we find gifts, right? All wrapped up, pretty paper and, and bows on them. And they're to remind us, though, of the greatest gift that was ever given. Remind us of what God in this season means. Because God gave the greatest gift of all when he gave his son for us. And that's really what Christmas is about. Two verses that really speak to that is in 1 John 4, 9 and 10. It says this, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is not love. Excuse me, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. If you think about it, the God that we talk about, the God we believe in, created everything. It says he spoke the universe into existence. That he's everywhere present. There's no place you can go that he's not. That he's all-powerful. There's nothing he cannot do. And yet, he decided to become finite. He chose to place himself inside the womb of a virgin, of a, of a young girl named Mary. God chose to become dependent on an, on an earthly mom and dad. And he, and he was born into this world and experienced everything we've experienced. He knows what it's like to hurt and be rejected He knows what it's like to smell the stench of humanity, so to speak. He's experienced all the hatred of this this world. He knows what homelessness is about, disease and suffering. He knows those things. And he voluntarily then allowed fallen men to nail him to a cross and take his life. That's the story of Christmas. When we tell the story of Christmas, we always stop at the wise men, right? They came to the house and, and there they, they welcomed and went away, you know, going another direction. And that kind of ends the story that we tell. But it's not the end of the story. Okay? Jesus came 2,000 years ago, but there's 30 years of living that he did. And the end of the story is about the cross and the resurrection. In Jesus, we discover the true meaning of the gift that God gave us. We discover the meaning of love. We sing about love. We talk about love. We teach about love. But Jesus demonstrated love. Love is about sacrifice. Love is about self-denial. Love is about putting others above yourself. It's expressed in things like compassion and gentleness and kindness and giving. Jesus is God's gift of love for us. Because God saw our wounds, God saw our brokenness, God saw our hopelessness, God saw all the, all the pain you go through. God knows all the things you hold in your heart that you feel like you can't get rid of. God knew that and he came to free us from that. He came to help us through that. Jesus was born in Bethlehem and John says we live through him. We have life in Jesus. And John, he says, I came to give you life and have, have And you can have it more abundantly than ever before. It's the life he offers us. I've met a lot of people in this world who walk around and they may be living physically, but they seem dead in so many other ways. But through Jesus, we can really live. That's what Christmas is all about. That he came to change lives. And there's a story in in the Gospel of John that talks about how Jesus showed that love to, to a woman. There was... There was a place in the Gospel of John, chapter 4, where Jesus says he had to go through Samaria. Now, let me give you a little bit of the story. The Samaritans and Jews hated each other. Okay, there was a racial divide between them. For 500 years, they'd hated each other and done things to each other. And no Jew would go through Samaria. It's like saying, I'm going to go from here to Tennessee, but I'm going to avoid Kentucky. 
I'm going to drive clear out and around Kentucky because I don't want to go through Kentucky because I don't like people from Kentucky. That's what they did to Samaritans, okay? There would be, there'd be uh, Galilee up here and Judea down here, and they would literally walk 40 or 50 miles, walk around the way because they hated Samaritans so much. But John says he had to go to Samaria. That's interesting, isn't it? Because, see, Jesus is not about race, ethnicity. He's about a relationship. And it says he came to the well at Jacob, and, and he sat on the well. That's what it says. He didn't sit near the well. He comes up and he sits right there on the well. Can you imagine that? He comes up, and he, and he sits down on this well, right? Right on the edge of the well and begins to sit there and wait. He's going to make anybody that comes to that well talk to him. And who shows up with this woman? And she shows up in the middle of the day. And that says a lot. Because women in that day and age, first of all, would only come to the well in the morning or the evening because it was the coolest part of the day to get water. She came in the middle of the day. Most, almost all the time women would come in groups because they helped each other. She came alone. And that says... That this woman, who's, who's a reject because she's a Samaritan, is a reject among rejects. Even her own people don't have anything to do with them, and she knew that. So she shows up when she thinks nobody's going to be there, and who does she meet? But there's this man sitting on the well that she has to go to get water from. Now, she expects Jesus to move away, but he doesn't do that. He just sits there. I can almost see that Jesus kind of sitting there saying, come on, lady, come on. And so finally she approaches him. She recognizes him as a Jew because they stood out in the way they dressed. And he says, "Um, could I have a drink of water? And she's floored. You're a a Jew and I'm a Samaritan and you'd ask me for a drink of water? It just doesn't make sense to her. You see, Jesus is doing some things here, okay? First of all, he's breaking kind of a social taboo here. A man did not talk to a woman in public let alone a rabbi speak to another woman in public. Okay? Because in that day and age, you know, men were at the top of the food chain and women were down here somewhere. And you couldn't be seen talking to a woman in public. Jesus all of a sudden saying, no, I think you're somebody. And secondly, he's ignoring 500 years of hatred between these two racial groups. He doesn't hate her. He doesn't treat her differently because she's a Samaritan and he's a Jew. It's like, this, this, this does a process to this lady. And Jesus humbles himself. He's saying, I have a need. Could I have a drink? I need your help. I'm, I'm weak and need, need something to drink. And finally, he elevates this woman's self-worth by doing these things. He's giving her dignity. He's giving her respect. He's saying, I don't care that you're a woman. I don't care that you're Samaritan. I don't care that Jews don't drink after Samaritans because they think that it makes them unclean. I don't care what anybody else thinks. You're a person of worth and value. And I would like to share a drink of water with you. You see, Jesus is demonstrating the type of gift that God gives us all. The gift of no matter. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you smell like. I don't care where you live. I don't care how you dress. I don't care any of those things. My father loves you. My father made you in your mother's womb. And I want you to know that I love you and accept you right where you are. 
He elevates all of our dignity and all of our worth. And when the woman says, why do you ask me for a drink of water? Jesus says this, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would ask him, he would give you living water. He's saying, look, listen, you can have a life that's just overflowing with love and refreshment through a relationship with my father. Merry Christmas! This is a gift! The God of everything comes to you and says, I want to be in a relationship with you! She doesn't quite get it. Jesus deals with her relationships now. Being married five times, living with a guy. But it changes her because then she all of a sudden, she wants to go back and talk to her own people. Meet this man who's told me everything I've ever done. Could he not be the Messiah? That's what Jesus did. You see, Isaiah... 700 years before Christ said this about him. He said, he, he says, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? It says, he grew up before us like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no stately form of majesty that would be attracted to him. Nothing in his appearance would desire him. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow, smooth the suffering. We, he surely he took our infirmities. And carried our sorrows. Well, we considered him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds, we are healed. That's the gift of Christmas. Because Jesus went to the cross because he was nailed there. And the piercing of his hands and feet and, and, and the thorns on his brow and the blood he shed. We can find wholeness and healing from our brokenness and woundedness, rejection and pain and being outcast. We can find that life that he offers us all. That's the gift of Christmas. You see, if I, would, if I could dance, I'd dance in that moment, you know. Because it says, surely he took our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Surely, it means, yes, he did. What hurts your heart? What hurts your, your, your soul? What pain do you carry? The gift is, if you trust him and believe in him, he'll take it. And help you walk to find freedom and health and wholeness. He carried our sorrows. Think about that. Jesus took all of the sorrow you feel and he carried it upon himself. That's the gift of Christmas. And he bore our sins. Every, every wrong you've ever done and every ever will done. If you trust in Jesus Christ, he says, I'll take those upon myself if you'll live for me. If you'll invite me into your life, ask for forgiveness and just live your life for me. You don't have to worry about him anymore. You never need to feel guilty. If you trust me and walk, walk with me. I, I just need a volunteer. Would you come up here? Can I ask you a question? Somebody? Okay. Would you just, I just want to ask you a question this morning, okay? See, if, see what kind of fun you have. Have you, did, have you ever gone out and played in the rain? Have you? What happens when the rain falls on the dirt? It gets muddy, right? Do you ever go out and play in the mud? 
Sometimes, hey, you got great mom and dad if they let you play in the mud, let me tell you. What happens when you play in the mud? You get dirty, you get mud all over you. You know, there's a, there's a story of a little boy and girl who was out playing in the mud. And they were rolling in it. They were throwing everything. What are you supposed to happen? They got just covered from head to toe, you know, mud in their face and their hair. And you know what? They went to the door and mom says, who are you? Well, we're David and Betsy, your kids. Well, I don't recognize you. You look like mud children. What do you suppose mom did? Cleaned them off. That's right. She had dad come out and they carried him in the shower and just turned the shower and just washed him clothes and all. And when the mud was washed off him, she says, oh, well, there's David and Betsy, my kids. You know, that's what Jesus does for us. Life, sin, we get the mud of life all over us. And it changes us. But Jesus, it says, through his blood, cleanses us from every sin. So we can be the person who God created us to be. He washes it all away. Just like the shower washes away the mud that we collect upon ourselves. That's the blessing of Jesus. That's the gift of Christmas. It says, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we might serve the living God? Wow. That's the gift. Worship team, if you want to come on back up here. You know, he offers us all that opportunity for you to decide. You know what? This year at Christmas, you're going to have somebody come up to you and say, here, here, here. It's a free gift. I got it for you, just for you. It just fits who you are. It's it's your favorite tie, you know. But what do you got to do? What do you got to do, Steve, if you're going to have this gift? What do you got to do? You got to reach out and take it, don't you? Just reach out and say, oh, thank you. And that's what it is with Jesus. He offers us this gift of freedom and forgiveness and life. And he holds out and says, here, it's yours. It's just for you. But you've got to decide if you're going to take it. And you've got to decide if you're going to live it. He's not going to force it. He just says, here's my gift. It'll, it'll free you from your sins. You'll become a new person. You don't have to be heartbroken and sorrowful. You don't have to walk in all the guilt and pain anymore because I'm with you. You just have to take my gift and live for me. And you have to decide that, don't you? When you understand what Jesus has done for us, when you understand how he changes us, the life he gives us, it's so amazing. One last story. Two American missionaries in 1994 went to Russia through an invitation to the Russian Department of Education. And they were invited, get this, they were invited to go into schools, hospitals, and orphanages and teach morals and ethics based on the Bible. And they began to do that. And they went to one, one uh, uh, orphanage. And during Christmas time, they began to teach the kids about Christmas. 
And then they, afterwards, they kind of give the children a way to, to make the Christmas story. They give them some paper to cut out, you know, a manger. And they gave them some yellow paper to make the straw. And gave them, you know, a piece of leather they could cut out to make a baby Jesus and different things like that. And they begin to go around the room looking at the mangers and the stories. You see how the kids heard them. And they come up with the little Mish's picture. And they looked and he had two babies in the manger. And one of the guys said, what's going on here? So they invited the interpreter to come over and say, tell us what's going on with little Mishu. He's got two babies, you know, this little orphan. He's got this story. And they asked him to tell him. And he said, well, he began to tell the story. He got it all right. So he got the point of Jesus in the manger. And this is what he said. And when Maria laid the baby in the manger, Jesus looked at me and asked if I had a place to stay. I told him, no, I have no mama and no papa, so I have no place to stay. Then Jesus told me I could stay with him, but I told him I couldn't because I didn't have a gift to give him like everybody else did. But I wanted to stay with Jesus so much. I thought, what do I have as a gift? And I thought, maybe I can keep him warm. That would be a good gift. So I asked Jesus, Jesus, if I keep you warm, will that be a good gift? And Jesus said, if you keep me warm, that will be the best gift anybody ever gave me. So I got into the manger and, and held Jesus close. And Jesus looked at me and told me I could stay with him for always. And little Misha began to cry and weep and put his head down. Because this little orphan had found someone who would never abandon him, never abuse him, who would stay with him for always. He understood the gift of Christmas. I'm thankful for that in my life and hope you are too. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Help us, Lord, to appreciate all that you've done and to treat your gift with respect. We thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen.